to the Creative Bits podcast. We are a podcast that seeks to encourage and challenge anyone who has the desire or passion to be more creative or start being more creative. We are so happy to be here today. Uh, We're going to be interviewing artist Shailene Reynolds. And just to recap, for those of you who are new to the show, Volta and I have been doing a series called the Mental Mountain Series, which are, um, we're calling the Mental Mountains because they are the fears and excuses that we tell ourselves in our heads keep us from being creative or being more creative. Our goal is for the show to inspire you if you've Um, someone who's always wanted to draw or make art of any kind, if you've always just wanted to pick up a brush and push some paint around or write a song or write a book, we're hoping to inspire you to overcome your creative fears and just look them straight in the face and acknowledge them and just bravely pick up your paintbrush or pen or pencil and just keep going. So when we met Shailene, we were just so inspired by her story and just realized that A lot of the things that she's encountered and faced in her journey as an artist aligned perfectly with our Mental Mountain series, and we just thought that her story would be so encouraging and inspiring to those of you who can relate to these things. So um, we're so excited to have her on the show today. She so generously shared many of her experiences with us um, with respect to the creative fears that we've been discussing, and it was so encouraging and incredibly inspiring. Um, Just a couple of the things that she'll talk about is that she will tell us how she went from making art as a side hustle to now being a full-time artist, primarily selling her work on Instagram, how she made time for her art while she was working full-time, and pivotal moments that she's experienced along her journey as an artist. And best of all, she openly shares her own struggles as a creative and how she's overcome them. We really hope you'll enjoy this super special episode um, and interview with artist Shailene Reynolds. Hi, Shailene. Hey, Bray. Hey, Volta. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Well, thanks for letting me come on. (laughs) Um, So Shailene is an artist here in Dallas with us as well. And um, we met her on Instagram and just loved her work and just thought that um, a lot of the things she talked about aligned with all the things that we talk about on the Creative Bits podcast. So uh, we would just love to hear, um, to get started today, a little bit about your background and where you grew up and um, how you got started as an artist. Well, I grew up in Anchorage, Alaska. I was born and raised there. Um, my mom was a Alaska Native lady, so I am actually part like Eskimo and Aleut Indian. Um, so I think art-wise, that was always something I knew I was going to do, like always knew. And I always loved drawing, and my mom used to make me like pay for printer paper because I would use all of the printer paper to draw. And every Christmas and birthday, all I wanted was like drawing paper and art supplies. Um, And then my birth mom, she used to draw everywhere. So that might have influenced it a little bit. Like she would just sketch all over every loose piece of paper in the house. So like even through the phone book, there were like eyeballs drawn all over the phone book and just on the backs of receipts and everything. They were just everywhere. Um, So That's awesome. I know. I thought that was very interesting I still kind of do that like if I'm just like sitting I'll draw and then I'll find like random eyes drawn all over my apartment I'm like ah it's creepy (laughs) but yeah so I think um before I went to college when I was in like middle school high school I wasn't sure what I was going to do for college because I wasn't very um I wasn't doing well academically it was really really hard for me so I tried really hard and I cared but it was really hard for me to get good grades. Like I was definitely like a C average student. Um, and so college was really intimidating to me. And my dad and my stepmom were really encouraging. Like they wanted me to be in the like art field, I guess, but they didn't think, you know, being a fine arts major, like a drawing painting major was going to ever make me any money. And they didn't, you know, I was their kid. They didn't want me out on the street. So they tried to you know, get me into maybe graphic design. My dad got me a tablet to work on that, and it wasn't something that I loved. Um, and then they were thinking about getting me in beauty school so I could do that and just get some money, and it's kind of creative, and then I could, you know, do art on the side. But every time I kind of, like, dabble into these things, I could feel myself pushing back against them a lot. So by the time I finally got to college, I was like, eh, it's not worth it. I'm just going to be an art major. <laughs> like, there's nothing else I want to do, and I just knew that. So... 
That's awesome. I, I totally relate to your story. Um, we, we chatted about this before, but um, it's almost like, you know, deep down that you're an artist, yeah. but you, for some reason, keep fighting it and fighting against it and fighting against it. And I did that for years as well. So it's it's interesting to, to hear someone else kind of have it because I feel like a lot of times you hear artists are just like, oh, I just did it I forever. Knew, and yeah. I just knew and I went after it without any fear. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't have a second thought. <laughs> what? Is, what? <laughs> like, yeah. So I love that. That's awesome. Oh, All right. Sorry. You. Keep going. Yeah, so um, even in college, you know, I was an art major and I loved my studio classes. Um, but after college, I actually moved out of Alaska right before I finished or like graduated art school. So I didn't actually get my degree. Um, but when I moved to Virginia, I didn't know what I was going to do still. And I never even considered doing anything artistic. So like for me, college was just just yeah like something I should do but I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it I was an art major and then by the time I moved to Virginia I tried to get into one of their art programs at like VCU the Virginia Commonwealth University but they wanted me to enroll in the school for a year before I could enroll in their art program and then they also wanted me to take a year of fundamentals before I could finish so I was like it's gonna be three more years to finish my one year in art school and at that point I was like I'm an art major like a fine arts major it's not like it's graphic design where the degree is going to mean something like and so I just, you know, let that go and figured if I ever want to go back to school, I will, but it wasn't going to happen then. Um, so I ended up getting like lots of just random jobs. And again, I knew they weren't going to be long term for me. They weren't careers. And I just didn't know how to do anything with art. Like I had no clue. And so at one point I started up my Instagram account just to make me be more consistent with art making because my life had gotten really busy and I wasn't making art and it was very stressful and so I started Instagram and then people started asking me if they could buy my artwork and so I just like throw out a random number and like sell them the art that I was putting on Instagram and then people would ask for art prints and I was like oh I don't do art prints and so then I had to figure out how to do art prints and it just slowly kind of like evolved on its own it wasn't something I was trying to make into a business, but as soon as I realized it could be, I was so excited and I was like, this is it. Like I can actually do art. This is what I want to do. So, oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> awesome. That's so great to hear that, you know, a consistent practice often leads to, you know, unexpected and wonderful things. Yeah. And so kind of leading off of that, what would you say was your um, one moment that you felt like an artist? Like, did you have like, like, real artist. like a real artist? Yeah. Um, I think, I think it was probably when I did my first art show. So there was another artist who I was friends with in Richmond. Um, and we didn't actually met. We were friends on Instagram. So I like live on Instagram. Apparently that's why hey, that counts. Yeah. Like we're friends. <laughs> I know everything comes through Instagram, <laughs> but she had invited me to do this art show with her and I like sold everything at the show. And I like the entire time. It was like a big group show. There was like music and lots of different types of artists, like jewelry makers, painters, everything. And um, the entire Wait, did time, you say joy makers? Jewelry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. They just like create <laughs> that joy. Makes more sense. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, what is this art it's form joy called? Maker. Joy maker. I love it. I want one. <laughs> I want to be a joy maker. <laughs> so sorry, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Where do I buy joy? <laughs> <laughs> then I purchased some jewelry. <laughs> so sorry. Keep going. You're at a show with the jewelry makers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So jewelry makers, musicians, like fashion designers and everything. But the entire time I was there, um, like my little setup, my booth was full the entire time. Like there were constantly people coming wow. in and out. Yeah. And I'd never done a show before. And I'd never actually shown my art off of the internet. Um, so that was really eye-opening, I think, to me. And I had... Some people who put the show on tell me that, you know, because I sold everything, I need to raise my prices and I really need to consider oh, doing wow. other shows because theirs was really like a platform for brand new artists. So it was called Raw. Um, oh, I've heard of them. Yeah. So I did a show there and I did a show here. And, you know, they were saying they really just try and like get people's feet wet and anyone who wants to do an art show who's kind of intimidated because it is a lot of work. They really help them through that process so that it's a jumping off platform to do other shows. Um so I thought that was really interesting that like the director of the Richmond Raw show came and like said all of that to me and I'd sold everything. And I think that's when I started to get more confident in myself and realized I'm going to do this. It wasn't like a scary, I need to figure this out. I don't know if it's going to happen. Like, I'm, you know, I was still very 
hesitant and unsure up until that point. And that's, I think when that light bulb went off and I was like, oh, like I'm going to work really hard and this is going to happen and it's going to take a long time, but it's going to happen. And I was sure of it. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It took a few years to get to that point though. (laughs) That's great. I, that's a great story. Um, so who or what influences your work? Um, or you can start out even just telling everyone a little bit about your work since um, maybe they haven't seen what it looks like. So maybe you can describe it a little bit and then let us know who like or what influences yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so I love charcoal and watercolor. Um, I like doing like female portraiture in charcoal. Um, I think, I don't know, it just is a little bit moody and it's very dark and very heavy. And then around that, I like to take like nature themed items, whether it's animals, skulls, flowers, um, or any type of like you know, wildlife nature element and just incorporate that with watercolor around that black and white female portrait. So I think, I think what probably influences my work, um, it's definitely influenced by this feeling I used to get when I lived in Alaska and I'd be out in the woods like by myself. So if I was very, very stressed out, I'd go for a drive and just like it's easy to get out of the city in Alaska. Like you can very easily be away from everybody. <laughs> so like I'd just go out and find like a a trail to like ride up and just like sit in the woods for a long time and it helped to like calm me down and it's like no matter what was going on in your life I don't know there's like dull sheep jumping around and whales breaching in the inlet and it was just beautiful yeah it's just like perfect and you're sitting there and it's just like no matter what is going on in my life like there's so much other stuff happening and it's so beautiful like the whole life process is beautiful so I yeah. just want to mention that it sounds like an introvert's dream it being is. able to like Absolutely. escape. We need to do like an artist retreat in Alaska because oh, yes. that sounds yes. amazing. Yes, it is. Like you just like go away and you're like, there's no one around. You can't hear cars or nothing. <laughs> so yeah, I think that feeling, it's like, um, I don't know exactly how to describe it. It's a little bit nostalgic, I guess, and very calming. Um, and just beautiful so I love that feeling and I think every time I make a piece of art that's the feeling that I kind of conjure up and try to like put into the artwork and some of my work seems a little bit like more sad or melancholy than other pieces but again like to me that's kind of you know it's like nature right like when you're out in nature it's so like big and overwhelming and it can be beautiful and it can be scary so that's a huge um, driving factor with the feel of my art I think well as far as other influences, like other artists go, I try not to look too, too much at other artists' work because then I think I start copying them. Because um, I know that's been kind of a struggle for me with portraits. I will continue to like draw my face over and over again. And so I've had to look at other faces. <laughs> or like if I try and like give someone bangs and everyone's like, it's your sister. And I'm like, it's not my sister. Like people think it's my mom. So I'm like, I have to find new features to draw. So I try again, like, I follow a lot of artists on Instagram and I think more so than like the look or feel of people um, or people's artwork is the fact that they're just doing it and they're consistent about it. Like that really motivates me. But actually I think with watercolor, um, Tracy Lewis, I bought some of her pieces and they're like tagged in some of my Instagram posts. Her watercolors are beautiful. Like she does some flowers and faces but I love how she does her flowers. And so I have two pieces up in my bedroom and I look at them sometimes. I'm like, I wish I could paint like that. And so she definitely is a huge like motivating factor for me. And I study some of her paintings. So you're, you have really interesting compositions with your um, with your people and, and animals and flowers and all that. Where do you come up with the ideas for these really interesting compositions? Because that to me is one of the like most compelling things about your work. Obviously, yeah beautifully executed but the um the compositions are so compelling so where do you get your ideas for for that uh well thank you i think um i think honestly it's the fact that i continue to work within the same elements like every piece has a female portrait and every piece usually has flowers and or an animal in it and so it's like recreating that again and again and again but keeping it new so it doesn't look like the same piece over and over um I don't know, to me, it's hard to be creative when you allow yourself to do whatever you want. (laughs) Right, yeah. Yeah. You have to have some sort of restriction in order to have, you know, that creative juice flowing. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, like, in college, I was, I feel so, like, thankful that I got to go to art school because there were so many things 
that I learned aside from just like how to actually make art like um we'd have to come up with ideas our professor was like never go with your first idea do like the second and third and fourth idea and then pick which one you like best like you're gonna think your first idea is the best but it's not and that was really hard for me at first <laughs> like I do my idea and then he'd make me redo it and he'd make me redo it again and again and again and I was like but this one's so good look at it and he was like do it again and I was like but what's wrong with it he's like nothing do it again <laughs> it was oh it just like drove me nuts but I see that like with the pieces that I do it's the same thing but I'm doing it again and again and again and they're changing and getting different and so just you know, someday maybe I'll break out of that and I'll include different elements or I'll change something or it'll evolve into something else. But for now, like that's what I'm working within. And I think that's how my composition and elements within that piece are able to become interesting because I'm like, I need an interesting face that isn't just like a girl smiling or like a model from a magazine that's airbrushed and pretty, right? Like it needs to be doing something. And then I need an animal and like there needs to be flow and motion and the way all these elements work together. Um, so yeah, I think that's probably how I come up with the compositions because I don't feel like I'm great at composition. Like I try and like stick with the rule of thirds and like every now and then like the golden rule, you know, like the golden, mm -hmm. the swirly thing. And I'll look at it through that. And I'm like, I think I can see it, but I might just be making that up to like say I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, composition's a little bit tricky for me, but again, I think just working within those restrictions I had to keep recreating it and that makes each one like different looking which is good I'm glad you said that and it's not like I'm doing the same thing yeah no it's great it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear that that that's how you push yourself further yeah it's by like giving myself limits and that makes you because yeah you're just like in this little because then you have to problem solve yeah outside of your the constraints you'd be giving right you yeah have to solve the problem given these factors yes exactly. I love that. that's really yeah. cool thank you yeah, thank you again for sharing the process a little bit so we can learn how you come up with these beautiful, beautiful images. And kind of going off of that, I wanted to ask you, how? what is one way that you nurture your creative habits? Like, do you have any any ways of, you know, sparking that creative spark or, or you know, maybe going for a walk? Or like, what are some things that you just nurture your, yourself with? I think um, for me, just kind of having like a schedule or some sort of like set ritual almost like I I will turn on especially if I'm not feeling motivated to make art at all like sometimes I just sit down and you're like I don't want to do this and uh, just turning on the same playlist or lighting the same like tea candles the tea light candles um, so having that smell and having those sounds will immediately like shift me into that mindset so if I'm really feeling stuck definitely like a change of scenery helps like going for a walk and like there's a nature trail near my apartment that I recently found which is super super cool it's really pretty and so I'll go through there and you know just like seeing different things and especially because nature is a huge influencer in my art being in my apartment all the time like there's a tree and a pond outside but there's not like much else <laughs> so <laughs> and then there's like apartments <laughs> so yeah definitely a change of scenery helps if you're really feeling stuck or uninspired um but also kind of creating those habits where it forces your brain to kind of like shift it's almost like i think when you have your nine-to-five job you wake up at the same time you get ready and you drive the same routes yes. and you get to work yes. and you're in work mode so it's almost like creating that like drive to work almost before you sit down and draw it's very smart yes that's so interesting and i'm just curious if you don't mind sharing your what kind of music do you listen to when you have like your special playlist if you don't mind sharing no it's it's all sorts of like just different songs that i hear they're very mellow like usually nothing too upbeat or bass heavy because that distracts me um so i have it on Spotify so I can share it with you guys it's just lots of random songs like I think there's like a some LA Golding songs when she's playing in like a bar somewhere and it's just like piano and her singing so it's really oh, it's so beautiful yeah it's really pretty it's not just like the whole produced music so yeah just really sweet mellow songs but yeah yeah again like kind of creating and capturing that feeling that I want to put in my art so just kind of like trying to gather that and then like infuse that in my painting <laughs> so great thank you thank you for sharing that um so what keeps you up at night what kind of things keep your motivation going your discipline when you don't feel like making art because 
I think, um, you know, a lot of people have the misconception and, and maybe a lot of people listen to this podcast since they might be new or starting out to being creative. Um, this misconception that you always feel, you know, artists always feel creative and they're always, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're always yeah. making things and they're always in this, like, they're always on. Yeah. And that's, that's generally not the case. Like no. we, like we're all human and we all have those days where we just don't, we're just not feeling it. And yeah. so, um, like what keeps that motivation going, like keeps you up at night and waking up again to do it again the next day. Yeah. Um, I think, well, for me, I think this year what's really helped is I've kind of broken the year into quarters. So the first quarter I had a series idea and all of my art, it may look the same, like other people might not see what my series are, but for me, at least it helps me to create those six pieces and there's things that I know I need to work on as an artist. And so I'll say, okay, for these six pieces for this quarter, this is what I'm going to focus on in each of my pieces. And so it's figuring out how to put that problem I'm having into my artwork so I can work on it and get better. Um, so that helps me to come up with new ideas consistently. So I'm not, you know, I don't hit that wall and have like artist block. Um, because again, it's just like, that's like breaking my confine of like, oh, these are the elements I always work with down even further to those like six pieces. And then after that, it's like, I can kind of give myself a break because sometimes it's really hard, like the stuff I'm trying to work on. And I feel like my series is not looking good because I'm incorporating this thing that I'm not good at into it and trying to practice. And so after that's done, I'm like, okay, once that's done, I can take a break and do something else. Or if I really feel beaten down by this series, I can just do a really fun series that I know I'm good at and build my confidence back up. So I think as far as being creative, I've never actually thought of myself as like a very creative artist. Like I'm not someone who can just like sit and like come up with ideas. Like I sit and sketch stuff out over and over and over again, and I'll do it on tracing paper sometimes so if I see something I like in that then I can keep that and get rid of the rest and I it takes me a long time to come up with ideas like an entire day or two to come up with one composition before I even put it on my drawing paper so I think I don't know there's something I think every artist has this like you just have to draw and paint and I've been able to kind of keep myself going because I've learned you know, when I'm in that funk and I don't like my art, I've learned to be gentle with myself and not really beat myself up because there have been times where I like will go and like cry in my bathroom and be like, I'm the worst artist ever. <laughs> like, been there. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. Like again, like I post everything on Instagram. So I'm like, no, everyone's going to see where it went wrong. And like just feeling so embarrassed and like angry. <laughs> so I've learned to not do that to myself and be like, you know what? I'm learning and, and I want to make art. Like at the end of the day, I want to be making art and I'd rather do this than anything else. So if there's a day where I'm really just not feeling it, then I'll give myself the day off. And like, I know sometimes I just can't push through it. Just give yourself a day off and work on something else or just relax. Um, but then there are days where you do have to just push through it and you just don't feel motivated or inspired. And for me, I think I'm more of a technical artist or like an analytical artist than I am an artistic artist. And so I can make myself sit down and like draw and paint if I have to. But I know there's some artists where they just, if they're not feeling it, they can't get it out. Whereas with me, it's more methodical. Like I have, like a, I pretty much make each piece the exact same way. <laughs> you know, like I've got the steps that I use. And yeah, so. It's really interesting. Yeah. And I think it's very smart too, because like to create that discipline, you have to sort of have a, a process that you follow. Because yeah. then that, it also helps you, you know exactly what next step to take. So you don't have to second guess. It's like, well, do I want to try this? Yeah. Which sometimes you, you could, you know, allow yourself that experimentation. But exactly. but if you're just, you know, in a, in the studio to try to like get some work done, you know exactly what to do, you know, the process. And yeah. you've already thought about the piece that you want to make. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's, that's super important in like keeping up with the habit of just creating. Yeah. And again, like I... I put so much prep work into a piece before I even put it on my drawing paper and then I'll grid my drawing paper and grid the initial sketch and transfer it over. And at that point, like all the work is pretty much done. Like I know what colors I'm using. So I know what palette to get out. I know what tools I'm using. And it's just a matter of like filling it in. Whereas I think like I realized this in high school and then early college, if I don't take my time and kind of brush through that initial process and sketch, then it doesn't turn out very well. Like I don't have a guarantee and I'm kind of fighting it the whole time to like capture what I want. So again, just going in kind of prepared for me helps because then I'm not just sitting staring at a blank piece of paper or like a blank section 
and I don't know what I'm going to do there. Like, I know what I'm going to do as soon as the piece is on the drawing paper. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm really inspired by your methodology and, like, your processes because I feel like um, the process I'm working with now, it's there is a factor of, like, serendipity almost mm-hmm. where, um, you know, I kind of allow, like, water to dictate um, yeah. the initial composition. And then the fun for me is, like, figuring out how to turn that into a composition that works but it's also very it's like you're saying it's like like I have like part of my process now is sitting and staring at it Mm -hmm. for a very long time sometimes sometimes I have to move on start another piece while I'm processing through the one I've already started and so like I'm almost inspired now to like plan it all out and like see what would happen if I don't know it scares me but, but maybe for your process, Brie, maybe like part of processing is the part of the process, yeah. you know, like maybe that's you should be OK with like, you know, thinking about it, letting it sit for a little bit. Because mm-hmm. like every every artist's creation is different. So, yeah, I mean, just, it's very hard. It's very hard to sit and, and I yeah, <laughs> and not do anything. I'm a I'm like a like a productive person. You know yeah. what I mean? So and if I'm like not you're wasting time, just staring, just at staring it. at yeah. it. I know. And, and I feel like I'm working through that right now. It's like learning how to be OK with just like sitting yeah. and staring. Um, well, that's interesting because like for me, there's and I've even like talked at length with my dad about this. And he's not an artist, but he is a very good listener, <laughs> very good dad. <laughs> but I was telling him, you know, like I have such a hard time because I do plan it all out that when something doesn't go according to plan, it's like devastating and so I'm like what like how come I can't just make what I want to make like I'm not a good artist if I can't sit down and paint what I want to paint and didn't turn out right or like making a mistake and having to work with it is really really hard with me or letting watercolor be watercolor and sometimes you know it does surprising beautiful things but sometimes it does stuff you don't want it to do and you're just like so yeah for me it's like the opposite I get really stressed out and like agitated when I feel like I'm losing it because I have put so much planning into it ahead of time that when it kind of goes off and does its own thing, I'm like, I hate this piece. <laughs> so I'm curious, do you do you only work at work on one piece at a time or do you have multiple pieces going at the same time? I can only do one piece at a time, only. And I can't even honestly like think up or even explore the thought of the next composition until I'm pretty much done with the one I'm on. So once I start working on the lady's face, that's when I can start to kind of think about what I'm going to do next. Um, but usually once that piece is done, I'll take a day or two and come up with the next one. So I can't do more than one at a time. That's so interesting and very inspiring because it shows that your focus and your dedication to that one piece. Yeah. Whereas personally, like I am, I'm like all over the place, <laughs> honestly. I'm like, going to start one here, going to start another one there. So I really admire that like ability to focus because yeah. I think, I think it's very important to, you know, have that like one thing like you really committed to and then go on to the next because otherwise I feel like when you start a lot of different things you can't you can't give all of yourself to that one piece you yeah. know it's like the whole multitasking yep. but again I don't know I think it's interesting talking to you guys and being on the podcast because every artist is different and I remember in art school feeling a little bit alienated even from the other artists because they were so creative and they would like just sit down and make things and like you guys said, like they'd make multiple things where they just like let things happen. And I could never just let things happen. So, oh, is it okay? Okay. <laughs> so yeah, just hearing about, you know, you guys and your process of like, you're into something, it sparks another idea. And while you're letting that one sit and rest and, you know, also in the back of your head, problem solving how to get that one finished, you're creating another piece. Like, I love that. But again, that's just not how I've ever been able to yeah, work. I mean, <laughs> I think it's more of, for me personally, anyway, I think it's more of an experimentation. So yeah. I think when, so I started drawing, like as a lot of kids do who end up being artists, you know, and it's like, I think the, I think drawing, it turned out to be what drew out the perfectionism in me. And, and when that got kicked up inside, it was like the anxiety for me went through the roof because yeah. I couldn't get it perfect. And, yeah. and it was just when I was in that head state, it wasn't about the art anymore. You know, it was about my own personal issue of like trying to be perfect and make everything perfect and not being able to let things be and let things go. Yeah. And so I've been stepping away from um, any kind of subjective work for a very long time because... I just, I realized that it was drawing that up in me and I wasn't allowing myself to be messy and to experiment and things like that. So that's why it's like, I've almost forced myself into this, this, um, process, the total, other. the total opposite end of the yeah. spectrum where I'm just like 
literally throwing paint on the canvas and seeing what I can turn it into. And it almost like turns off that switch yeah. because it's totally out of my control at that point. And, <laughs> and so it's just an experiment. So so yeah, yeah, it's an experiment for me. And it's just, I just have to change my mindset because otherwise I'm just like, it's too much pressure. Crazy. And yeah. I just like was lose it, my, like, was it lose Picasso it. <laughs> who did that? Like he had really like um, realism artwork in the beginning or yeah, that was Picasso, right? And then he switched over to yes, obviously like the, the work that everybody knows. Yeah. And so... That's true. Yeah. I'm basically I'm Picasso. You are Picasso. But no, I think, yeah, there's definitely something to that. Like I was on the phone with Ali Cavanaugh. She's another just amazing, amazing artist. Oh you know my gosh. Yes. I love her. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You have to look her up. up right now. Yeah. She's so cool. And like her art is just incredible. And she was kind of telling me the same thing. Like she would paint like realism and I think she started out with oil and acrylic and it was all very realistic and she loved portraits you can do a solid portrait and then somehow or another she got into watercolors and like did some studies and then all those studies that she didn't think were great were selling like crazy and she realized like she said to me like I learned to just let watercolor be watercolor and I talked to her like three or four months ago so that's been in my head wow yeah every time my watercolor starts to do something I'm like just let watercolor be watercolor like why am I using it if I don't want to like let it be (laughs) and I think that's why a lot of people don't like it is because it does do crazy things and I like it when it does cool things that I like yeah I don't like watercolor when it turns into mud and I'm like why are you bleeding into the other colors like and I'm like trying to stop it and I've got like my paper towel and I'm like stop that yeah. paper towel is your best friend in that I know. Like, dry paintbrushes trying to like soak it up and I'm like you listen to me yeah <laughs> that's so funny oh. uh, all right uh so uh, another interesting question that we have for you today. So if you were to meet an artist, uh, dead or alive, that you admire a lot, who would it be and why would you want to meet them? Um, I think I would like to meet, I would love to meet Tracy Lewis, who I mentioned earlier, just because she is so good with like the light watercolor flowers. I love her technique. And I would want to meet her so I could pick her brain and like ask her to show me things or like tell me, give me some tips. (laughs) Personal workshop. I know. (laughs) Yeah. And also I think it'd just be cool to figure out how she got to the point she is, like the art that she makes. Because I think everyone, everyone's art does evolve. And so like at this point, I think her style is pretty set and her art is very, very solid. And it wasn't always like that, I'm sure. So I'd like to know like that process. And I don't know, I think as an artist, it makes me feel a little bit better about my process and the whole like artist journey trying to like figure out like your artist voice and all of that and it's not necessarily something like you arrive at it's always going to evolve and change hopefully if you're growing as an artist yes yes I couldn't agree more it's always like an evolution of you know of your past self into like a new version of yourself so you just got to keep going yeah yeah and I think you know one of the most interesting things for me whenever I listen to um, other kind of art related podcasts is hearing artists um, like what was that point where you felt like like the turning point like what happened to make you feel like you could make this a full time um, job for you so do you mind sharing a little bit about um, you know that turning point for you and, and, and that transition I guess if you will whatever you feel comfortable sharing yeah actually I feel like everything that's happened to me in art has just kind of been like an accident you know like even going to college it was just like well there's seriously nothing else I can do (laughs) so like I just have to be an art major if I'm gonna go and so when I was in Richmond um the job I was at I liked my boss but I didn't like my job it was like a lot of paperwork and I had to input a lot of stuff and I complained to my dad that my pinky hurt because I'm always hitting enter on the keyboard (laughs) it's like the worst job ever (laughs) struggle is real I know but like I don't know at some point I just decided I needed a job that wouldn't kind of like suck on my brain power so when I went home I didn't feel like drained and I could draw and paint so I ended up um getting a job as a nanny because I have little brothers and sisters and I loved taking care of them so I figured if I was a nanny and I had like my kids I would love taking care of them because I don't necessarily like you know like daycare or something there's like lots of kids coming and going I just want my little group to like watch over yeah (laughs) so I like amazingly just found the most perfect family ever and I still go and see them I actually just got back from visiting them in Georgia and I'm going back to see them for Thanksgiving and I haven't even been their nanny for like two almost three years but while I was with them um I think I do really really well if I'm on a strict 
schedule with like time constraints. And so I worked like 40 plus hours a week as a nanny, like sometimes 50 hours a week when it was like really crazy. And so I'd wake up and go over there and take the kids to school. And then I'd have a little bit of time till I come home and draw and paint and then go back and like I'd stay with them till bedtime. And so I'd wake up really early at like 4 a.m. and get some artwork done. And then I'd come back and try and like paint before I went back to go get the kids. And then when I got home, I'd like go to bed and then do it all the next day. And so I did that for years. Wow. <laughs> wow. That sounds amazing. Yeah, but it just like... Does the sun exist? <laughs> no, it doesn't. But yeah, you know, like... You're it's not just... compute. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, but it was just like, this is what I have to do to be able to make art. And being around the kids, it could be tiring, but it wasn't mentally draining where I couldn't make artwork. And so I always, you know, I just, I wanted to be able to draw and paint. And I was on Instagram at that point and still kind of like trying to figure out how to make my website. And so at one point, the mom, um, she decided to go back to residency because she just never really saw her kids. Like she kept switching practices. She was a doctor and they'd always like promise her really good hours. And then like a few months in, they just like give her more and more and more and then she was never home again. So she'd switch again and it was great for a few months and then more and more and more and she was never home. So they didn't need me anymore. And at first I panicked and like went and got another nanny job, but then that one didn't work out. And it was just hard. Like I just knew I wasn't, I didn't want other kids. <laughs> oh, well, I, so, I know. And they were the best kids ever. Like the second little girls, like it was just two of them and they were so cute and wonderful. But I just, I think I felt dumb that I was scared to not have a job. Um, so then that one ended because the mom didn't really like me I don't think <laughs> it was like a weird situation <laughs> it was very you could not like you <laughs> oh, you're like sweetest person ever thank you I think she just honestly like wanted to be home with her kids but she also wanted to be like a career woman and she couldn't like reconcile those two things and so that's what I think but I don't really know so I ended up getting let go from that job and then I was like you know what like whatever like I didn't want to go get another job and I was selling enough art at that point where I didn't actually need to go work. And that was incredible to me because, again, I hadn't planned on that. And I didn't actually realize I could live off of my art until I had to. And then I realized, like, I'm selling so much, like, consistently every month, like, on my prints and on my originals that I could make this a full-time income. But then again, it was, like, two or three more years of me, like getting a job because I was scared and then like quitting that job because I was like no I just want to make art and then getting scared again and getting another job <laughs> oh, I love that I think that that just shows the true struggle um that I think artists face today is just yeah you know if you aren't born with that inside of you that's just like I'm gonna go do it and whatever it takes like I'm gonna do it you know it just it, it's scary it's really yeah. scary to um to trust that something that you're making could support yourself and I just so I just I love yeah. hearing that story and um yeah, so anyway, keep going. Oh, well, thank you. Turning point. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I don't know, like I, like you said, people, some some people have that in them, right? Like, oh, I'm just going to sell more. And then they go and sell more. But it's hard to sell your art as the artist. Or if you're creating anything, I think it's just hard to sell that thing you've created because then it feels weird to, like, talk it up. It almost feels dirty, right? Because yeah. you, you almost have this, like emotional like relationship with your creation right yeah people who don't create things probably think we're really weird right now but if you've ever created something like you have this emotional connection to it and then to have to turn around and then try to market that and sell that to people and to make it a thing it's like it's like really challenging but so you say you were selling work consistently did you were you only selling work primarily off of instagram yeah, even still, I mostly sell my art off of Instagram, which is... That's incredible. Yeah, it is. So awesome. Yeah, I love that. Like, even on my website, like, if I look at the analytics, most of my traffic, I think, like, 70% is through Instagram, which I love. Um, so I don't want Instagram to ever go away. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. I don't think it will. But, no, um, I had my website, and it just went through so many different transitions like I was on WordPress for a while and that just sucks like a plugin would like be updated and suddenly it wouldn't work with other plugins and I hated it. I know that struggle yes oh my goodness so I finally got off of that and went to Shopify and then Shopify just wasn't pretty but it was like e-commerce friendly and then I heard about Squarespace and then I moved into Squarespace which is where I am now so now I think I have a pretty website I'm not embarrassed to tell people to go there <laughs> you know like I like what it looks like and it's easy to use so I think my website 
like being proud of my website helped because then I wasn't afraid to tell people to like go to my website because like oh where can I buy your artwork like are you showing it anywhere or is it like in a gallery I'm like no it's just on my website I didn't want to send it to this like stupid site <laughs> so now I think it's a little easier to make sales because of that um but yeah like you said I I want people to want my art because it means something to them I don't want it to be like target art you know where I'm just trying to sell it to everybody so it's it's a weird balance to find like I want to be a full-time artist and I want to be really successful but I don't want to compromise on that so I think if I had to choose one or the other I'd rather just make less and love what I'm selling my work too because those are the things that really like pump me up like there was this lady in New York like New York City who emailed me because she saw one of my pieces at a frame shop and she was like oh my gosh is that Shailene Reynolds's art and she thought it was mine but she couldn't like remember my name because my name's ridiculous and so she was trying to get my name from the framer and he I don't think he knew so he was like oh well whoever like brought it in I'll, I'll get it from them so it took like two months and she finally got my name and then sent me this long email and I was like I live for this stuff like this is what oh I gosh, want that's so awesome yeah and that's so really then she incredible. like went and bought a print and like the fact that she went through so much trouble and work for so long yes <laughs> oh, that's the best feeling yes that is so, really amazing yeah when things like that happen and all of the other like little struggles and things and things you think you might compromise on it just like brushes all of those away and you're like, you just no, know you're on the right path but yeah, yeah. And if you're just consistent and you keep doing what you're doing and growing, then this will happen more and more. You just have to be patient. It's not all going to happen at once. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I just said that because yeah. I feel like, you know, I know for me until I was really getting into the work and really taking the journey seriously, I just had this mindset of like, you know, striking it big or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like reading discovered or whatever. And just all of a sudden things, gonna were gonna, things were just going to explode. Yeah. yeah. And just this one moment. And really the reality is it's just the slow build, the slow build, the, the consistency building yeah. up over time and, you know, just really building it up brick by brick. So I'm glad that you're really confirming that that is yeah. how, you know, artists become successful in the long run. So It is. Yeah. And I, uh, I have a friend and he's like a entrepreneur just loves starting businesses I think he likes startups and I remember him giving me that advice before I even started my Instagram account like you just have to be consistent like if you're just consistent then like things will work out for you and so I, I didn't like take that to heart initially but now I see what he means like if I'm just consistently making artwork then people will pay more attention to you they take you more seriously and even if you're trying to be like a you know a gallery or museum class artist if you make work consistently collectors are watching to see if you continue because nobody wants to invest in you if you're just going to drop off the face of the earth right like if you're making art for a year and then you never make art again like people don't want to buy that because it doesn't mean anything right yeah so just being consistent again I like social media because you can talk to all these people and there are so many people who I feel like are my friends who I've never ever met or they're younger artists who are just starting out I'm like they're so great like you know, they're in high school and I'm like, I just want them to like go to art school. And <laughs> so sweet. Yeah. So. Well, and you sell a lot of work internationally, right? Oh yeah. So, yeah. I mean, really without things like Instagram, I mean, you wouldn't have another way of really connecting with people or reaching that audience. Yeah. Reaching that audience. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for like the internet and social media, I wouldn't, I don't think I would be able to sell as much as I do unless I was trying to like, I don't know, go shop to shop and try and get my prints in a shop and like sell wholesale to them um i feel like that's a much harder journey you're like so a, a lot of like you know just hitting the streets and just man asking people just if, asking around. yeah I mean, that's and that's hard i feel like for artists a lot of the time because i feel like we're very you know we try to i don't know i feel like we try to protect ourselves from mm-hmm. rejection a lot yes yeah <laughs> and so lots of feelings yes, yes. It's, it's lots of feelings and so <laughs> if you're just like you know we're not natural salespeople, i don't think and so when we're putting ourselves out there like when we hear no it's like it's devastating we're not like those sales people are just like oh well 100 no's you know gets me to one yeah yes. and that's true but it's a struggle to yeah, fight it's through not that. just this like product that someone gave you to sell right like you're attached to it it's like if someone says they don't like your kid or your dog and you're like yeah I don't like you you suddenly get very like defensive and like angry and <laughs> it's just not <laughs> but I thought my cat was great yeah you're not gonna like take your kid from store to store and be like is this the best kid you've ever seen like, I've seen better and you're like what <laughs> yeah that's true I that. mean it's like the opposite on Instagram it's like really your audience finds you because mm-hmm. and really all you have to do is put it out there I yeah. mean 
there are some other things you can do to um, to expand your reach. But for the most part, if you put your work out there, the people who like your work will show up. And so you're yeah. not having to like shove it in people's faces or beg or you know yes. or get rejected. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a lot slower like that journey because yep. again, you are waiting for those people to find you, and you do have to do a lot of work to get yourself out there so they can find you. Yes. Um, and then also it is Instagram, so like I constantly get asked like, "Is your work for sale?" I was like, well, yes, like my website's on there. Uh. Yeah, I like put the prices, like obviously, but you know, like it's social media. So I guess some people don't. And so it's like answering those questions over and over again and building enough of a relationship where people feel confident buying from me. Um, Because I don't know, if I I wasn't selling my art through Instagram the way I do, maybe I wouldn't feel confident buying art from Tracy Lewis and Allie Cavanaugh and all these other artists that I see on there. That's a great point. Yeah. So I think I'm coming at it from a different perspective. So it's building that trust with people. So how do you approach building trust with people to, or building trust with people who would potentially buy your artwork? Do you just really build that relationship interacting yeah. or like do you have any like special things that you say or <laughs> just being authentic and real or yeah, I, how do you build that trust yeah just always always replying to comments always and I always try and like say the person's name in the comments so if it's not in their um, Instagram handle I'll go to their profile and see if their name is there just because it feels more personal it does it feels special yeah yeah so I always try and do that and then also for me it gets to the point where I recognize those people if they're talking to me consistently and I can like reference back to things like I really try and like pay attention and remember so you're really building relationships oh yeah yeah I really yeah and anytime someone asks me like a young artist a question or they like sometimes they'll ask me one and I'll just it's such a long answer that I'm like oh check your messages like I dm'd you and then it's like tons and tons of like it's the longest answer ever and they're like wow thank you for answering like so thoroughly it's like no like I love that when people do that that's so helpful and so reassuring you know as a a young artist especially like getting that kind of feedback and response it just makes you feel that much more special like yeah and that happened to me early on in Instagram because I wasn't sure again like I'd gone to art school so I knew how to make art but selling art was totally foreign to me I knew nothing about it at all um And so there were certain artists who I really admired what they were doing and I'd like reach out to them and some of them wouldn't answer. And then some of them would give me very quick answers and then others would take the time to really like go back and forth with me. And yeah. I love that too. Sometimes I'll ask questions um, of artists I admire and when they answer, I'm just like, it means the world to me. Yeah. Someone that you really look up to, like that would take the time to respond. Yeah. Like Ali Cavanaugh getting on the phone with me. I was just like, this is the best day ever. (laughs) And then she'd like reference other artists. I'm like, I know that artist. And I was like, I wanted her to like like me. (laughs) I was like, yes, I know that person. I know who you're talking about. (laughs) I'm in the know. (laughs) I just love how, um, you know, you're really a great example of using social media to build relationships where I think there's a lot of negative. I mean, there are some negative sides to it if you don't have the right mindset um, yeah. and perspective, but you're really using the tool to build actual personal relationships with people. And yeah. I think that that's, um, that really just speaks um, volumes about how to sell artwork because people buy artwork from people that they like, mm-hmm. people that make them feel things. And so really yeah. just not viewing Instagram um, as like it's an okay. online portfolio, yeah, as yeah. an online portfolio, or just to see how many followers you can get, just to have the credibility, but really just yeah. seeing it as a tool to build relationships. I just absolutely love it. You're yeah. obviously doing a great job. So, well, thank you. Yeah, because in the beginning, the whole like followers count on Instagram. I think it's hard because you're just starting out, and the only people following you are like friends and family. And you know, if you're not growing for a while, then they kind of like you know they can doubt you and be like well maybe you should just like not be an artist (laughs) because you know again like they're looking out for you they don't want you struggling and that will start to grow organically but again it takes time and I've gotten to the point now where like the numbers really don't mean anything to me like they've dropped off significantly um I think I was at like 18,000 and now I'm at 13 to 14 and I jumped back and forth and I think like a few years ago that would have like devastated me I'd be like why did everybody leave nobody likes my art but it's because last year I didn't really make any artwork. I was really busy. I did tons of commissions. So I was making art, but nothing I could really post. And then this year I decided I'm going to keep on top of things. I'm going to make two pieces of art every month, no matter what. And it was interesting because as soon as I started posting again, like progress photos, the works in progress on my Instagram at the beginning of the year, tons of people were like commenting and like, Shailene, you're back. And I was like, oh, you guys, like, <laughs> you missed me. 
but then I got a lot of people who left because again like I'd been absent for a year um and now like anytime I try something new if I lose followers I'm okay with that so I'm like well they're not people who care about my car yeah like they're not gonna buy it yeah good riddance they're not (laughs) like they probably like followed me by accident (laughs) (laughs) they don't want my art but no like um I think people like people demonize or villainize social media because of how a lot of people use it right like it it can be a waste of time if you're just on there looking at photos yeah and you're not like interacting at all like it's social media so you should be interacting with people and so I know I can get into the just busy mode where I'm just like posting and replying to comments and then I have to remember like I need to check in on my followers and see what they're up to and like go through and like look at other people's photos and leave comments and like re-engage with them because again I can get very very busy and just like focus on my own Instagram and obviously I'm still replying to everyone but I'm not you know like contributing out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it's like a give and take again like if you like you said if you want people to buy from you they're buying from the artist they're not necessarily buying your art and I think a lot of them you know it's a piece that's really beautiful to them and somehow it resonates and yeah they'll buy it but for the most part they want to know you and like you and that's when they like reach out and like send you a photo of like the pieces they got from you and they're so excited to have it and like the handwritten note and they're like you know my name and I was like of course I know your name you've been following me for seven years oh I love that so sweet I think it's a great point too it's like if if people just want the art for just the aesthetic purpose to match their couch whatever yeah um they're gonna go to Target or Bath and Beyond or Ikea to buy more affordable prints yeah yeah. and someone who's willing to invest in um an artist you know, it's it's going to be more of a personal connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Like when your friends and family buy your art, they might not like it. I know most of my <laughs> friends and family don't love the art I make, but they just buy it because it's like, oh, she made this. And then it's like sweet. And then like people come over and like, my daughter drew that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, oh. doesn't really go with the rest of the house. Okay. <laughs> I know my mom has a couple pieces. I'm like, I think we can retire that. There's some my parents same. have around. Like, I just need to swap these out with newer pieces. Embarrassing when you look at your like artwork from 10 years ago. It's like, mom. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, we need to update your, your art. I don't typically play giveaway work but maybe for you guys (laughs) it's more for me but no I think the last time we met up um I mentioned to you that my youngest sister when they all moved to Texas I came to visit them because they were here for about a year I think before I moved here I was still in Richmond so they moved here directly from Alaska and my littlest sister is like the biggest extrovert in our family like she makes friends everyone around the block knows my sister Audrey and so they're like, oh, you're Audrey's sister. Or like, oh, you live at Audrey's house. <laughs> like, no, none of us are known except for Audrey. <laughs> and uh, I was visiting them, and she had a friend over. And we, I was upstairs, like, in the guest room. And I came out, and she was like, oh, yeah, and this is my sister Shailene. And her friend's like, you're Shailene Reynolds? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I have your art in my house. And I was like, really? Oh, my gosh. That is so cool. I know. And she was like this cute little, like, 11-year-old girl. And I was like, wow, you're the coolest kid I've ever met. (laughs) Yeah. So just, like, things like that. The fact that, you know, she's this little girl. And she's probably messaged me before she wanted my art and her mom bought it for her. Right? And I probably commented back. And she probably sent me a photo of something she was drawing and asked for help. And I gave her feedback. And that's what made her like me right like like my art enough to like get her mom to buy her something it's just again not doing it for selfish reasons like I really 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 want anyone who wants to make art to make art and feel confident about it and sometimes you need another artist to tell you like oh yeah these are the things you need to do I think it looks good like keep working at it be consistent and just like give you concrete words of advice not just like you can do it if you can dream it <laughs> like <laughs> copy yes. and paste that to all of your replies yeah. like tactics <laughs> or stuff yeah yes. and that's what we're trying to do on this podcast so all of this is so great so yeah. thank you for sharing all of your advice and tips it's just wonderful yeah, we, that's really where our heart is as well yeah because I think we all know that struggle in the beginning like all that self-doubt and then that struggle to actually like make yourself do it and how fearful you can be doing it and how much you just doubt yourself and the whole process so having somebody reassure you, like you just need that and you eat that up because we don't really get it from anyone other than other artists, honestly, like nobody Very else. Very true. Yeah. Because yeah. no one else understands the struggles we go through. Yeah. And as artists, we have lots of struggles. Yeah. Lots of unique struggles too. A lot of people don't understand what it's like to be 
an artist. And so I think that's why I think the realization for me over the past couple of years is the importance of creative community and really just getting to know other artists and talk to other artists so that yeah. they understand, you know, you can, you can listen to podcasts all day long, but it's just not the same as sitting across the table for someone like you and being like, Oh my gosh, like I've been there. Like yes. the struggle's real. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think I told you guys, that's something that I have never actually had. Like I kind of had it in art school. Um, and then the artists over in Richmond, like she and I are still connected, obviously on Instagram and um, like each other's stuff. But having like an actual tangible, like group of artists is very, very different. I think it's really just powerful and meaningful because even like my friend who's like an entrepreneur and he starts businesses, he knows all of that struggle. But again, like, yeah, he's building this business and it's like meaningful to him, but it's not like he's creating all the products by hand and then like each one of them are precious to him. Like he can disassociate himself from all of that better, I think, than artists can. And so, again, it's, I think that's why people like art and artists. They like that whole, like, personal connection and all that feeling that goes into it. But then it makes it hard for us to get in front of them and, like, talk to them and connect with them because of that. So it's just trying to figure out how to work around that. Well, we're not obviously, like, putting ourselves out there too much where we're going to get hurt and then scared and then pull back. But enough where we can connect with each other and we can connect with people who are interested even in just us. Like with Instagram, I don't need everybody I reply to to buy my artwork, right? But if they decide to like start making art again or to start making it for the first time or to keep on with it, like that's meaningful to me. So no, absolutely. Every every single time when someone posts something with hashtag CBP workout, I, it's like my heart just explodes. Yes, same. Yes, it's like <laughs> it's like especially you know I especially love the people who are putting their work out there that don't feel confident about mm-hmm. it and are but they're doing it anyway and they're putting it out there yeah. and they're you know working out their creative muscles and it just. I just love that. Like, there's almost no better feeling to me. It's like almost better than selling a piece of work. Just knowing that, like, one more person out there is listening to their creative voice and having the confidence to, to share it with the world. Yes. And just like, oh, heart explosion. Yes, and they're being so brave by just you know being vulnerable and yeah. showing you know this little piece of sketchbook of their world. That I just I, I agree, Brie. It's it's like the best feeling. It's just so yeah. Ugh. And that like makes me feel more like bold and like more confident in what I'm doing, right? Like even if I don't love this piece, even if I've messed it up, like I don't want to hide that from people. Yeah. I want everybody to see that because when other people show, you know, that vulnerability, like, oh, I haven't drawn in years and I'm not very good at it yet, but I'm going to keep practicing. Then I'm like, yeah, it's like, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see just like your perfect pieces. I want right. to see all of it. So. Yeah, I want to see the mess behind it. Yeah, and I think you can get to a point where you're like afraid to show that because you don't want people to think you're a bad artist. Like, oh, she can't consistently make good art. But sometimes you have really big failures and it's okay for people to see that. Yeah, especially, I mean, yeah. I think it's being honest because every artist has pieces that don't work. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and that's the importance behind just continuing to make work, right? Mm-hmm. Is to have the successful pieces. And so I think if you're not showing the unsuccessful pieces, then you're being, it's almost like you're being dishonest. You I know what I mean? So. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like you're more relatable to other people when you show that you messed up in some way because really like nobody's perfect even if they claim to be on instagram yeah let's be honest like no one is so i think it just like gives you that one more point of connection and relation to another human being by by sharing like hey like this didn't turn out the way i wanted to but i shared it anyway because i want to be creative and i want to continue on this journey yeah yeah because there's artists um especially like watercolor artists you know watercolor can go wrong very quickly and they always show like their finished pieces. They don't really show the process pictures like I do. And their work's so beautiful. And then this one artist from Atlanta who I follow, she showed some pieces from this series that she had done that were just like the failures. And it was so cool to see all of the That's awesome. That That's so brave. Yeah, before she got to that beautiful piece. And I was like, oh my gosh, like thank goodness. Cause she does very simple, like almost single stroke watercolors. Wow. And so obviously that's hard like, to just get I don't think right. so, but it is. Yeah, and it just looks very like simple and beautiful, but there were so many that just like, they were just off. They didn't work. Yeah. And I love that she showed that. Cause, well, and yeah. I think it shows too what goes into a successful piece of artwork. It's like the pieces that don't work out, they're all like building blocks mm-hmm. too, because you learn something from every piece that yeah. fails, you learn something. And so you're just, you're just 
working up this body of work with all of these lessons that you learned and that's what goes into a successful piece and so it's almost like to me that provides more value to the pieces that you sell because you know that the artist has gone through this journey and these struggles and these experiences and so you're literally buying a piece of that journey and that process yeah and like with my uh, older photos on Instagram I kind of thought about just getting rid of them because I I don't know like I got to a point where my work started to become kind of consistent and the stuff that I was making the subject matter all started to like fall in line like I found my voice by doing Instagram so there's a lot of stuff in the beginning that doesn't look like my art like like it does now but at the same time I want people to be able to go back and see that and be like oh yeah she's I love seeing stuff yeah I love seeing going back like nine years deep on Instagram and just seeing the evolution yeah so inspiring yeah, I do that with a lot of artists I find who I like. I'll just like keep scrolling till I get to the beginning and I'll oh, me too. first post. Yeah. And I was like, man, they've got thousands and thousands of photos. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I'm like determined to see that first photo. I think it just shows, you know, goes to show that you have to consistently produce like, you know, even word that you're not proud of or you think is crappy, but you just, you know, bit by bit, like step by step. Sketch by sketch. Yeah. yeah, You see how it like grows and evolves and you can see where it changes. Just like I said with my work in progress photos, sometimes I'm afraid if I mess it up, everyone's going to see, oh, that's, that's where she went wrong. Like up until this point, the photo was looking great. So I don't know. It just kind of gives you like a real idea of that journey. And so, yeah, it can be scary, but at the same time, I think it's fascinating and I, I love to see it and I don't want my feed to become too polished where I'm not showing the stuff I don't like, even though people it's people respond scary. to authenticity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the only people who make like comments about it are like my brother, you know, like they're just teasing me and they're like, well, what happened there, Shay? And I'm like, ah, I dropped the paintbrush. I've never seen paper. a mistake in your painting, Shailene. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Because I see a lot of them. Because again, like I have an idea in my head of what it's going to look like and I've mapped it all out. And then sometimes it gets away from you. And sometimes I can go with it if I like where it's going. But then other times I'm just like, this is the worst. And then like we talked about before, that's the one people like, and then that's the one that they're always buying. And you have to keep like shipping it out. And you're like, why people keep buying this one? I hate this one. That's going to be everywhere. Well, Shailene, thank you so much for spending this time this morning with us. It's been so great getting to know you and your process. And we have just one more question before uh, we leave. It's it's a little like a fun little question just to see like what are some of your favorite art supplies. So okay. if you had to go on a secret island on a two week vacation and could only bring three types of art supplies, like what would they be and why? Probably, well, definitely watercolor paper, watercolors and brushes. Yes. Because what kind of watercolors? <laughs> Like the brand? Oh, well, I like Windsor and Newton. I just switched over to their like professional paints because I was doing the like intermediate ones. And some of the colors in the professional line are very different than the exact same one in their intermediate, even though it's the same brand. So I saw that. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I saw that on some um, YouTube video and they were comparing some of the colors. Some of them were the same, but other ones are very, very different, like burnt sienna. So I was like, whoa, like I need the real ones. And I haven't honestly like spent money on art supplies in a really long time so I went and got new brushes because I sold the brushes I was using from college and got new paints and so yeah I would definitely take those because I feel like you know charcoal I feel comfortable with I know I could do charcoal but watercolor if I had two weeks on a secret island I could have a lot of stuff to watercolor paint (laughs) you know if you're on an island you could always like get some tree bark and like burn it to make your own charcoal that's true brilliant yeah resourceful yeah. Brie coming through. I may have watched Castaway a few times. <laughs> Plus, I'm just, like, surrounded by water. So I just, like, dip my brush yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's super easy. Make my own charcoal. Use coconut water. <laughs> it's healthy. Healthy watercolor paint. So, yeah, I just work really hard for two weeks on my, like, watercolor technique. That's awesome. And just to let everyone know, Shailene, where can they find you online? So you, you mentioned you hang out on Instagram a lot. So what is oh, yeah. your Instagram handle for our li- listeners? It's at Shailene Reynolds. Um, so should I spell that? Because it's kind of a... Yes, yes, yes. yes. Spell it out. Uh, S-H-A-Y-L-E-N-E-R-E-Y-N-O-L-D-S. Um, so just at Shailene Reynolds. And then my website is also ShaileneReynolds.com. 
So those are really the only two places I hang out. I have Facebook, but I don't use it all the time. And I have YouTube, but that's really just for process videos. <laughs> it's not not super active on any other platforms. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks again for meeting with us. We had a wonderful time. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> thank you, Shailene. Really appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you. Well, hopefully I can come back and yeah. Absolutely. Returning visitor. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. See you next time. (laughs) Bye, guys. (laughs) Thank you so much, Shailene, for giving us your time today and just sharing all of your wonderful experiences and stories with us today. We um, so appreciate your time and willingness to share and inspire us today. (laughs) 